Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys here on an overreaction Monday. Week 2 Sunday <laughs> slate is in the books. we got two more games coming up tonight, but we will be reacting to all the games we saw yesterday. Michael, how are we doing today, man? How's, how's the morning treat? We're good. Yeah, yeah, the good morning's good. You know how Mondays are. They're busy. Oh, yeah. It's good. They're busy yeah. for everybody trying to go through the game books, understand the games, you know, catch up on a lot of stuff. But it's always good. It's it's always good to hear the reaction. I, I always enjoy hearing why teams win, why teams lose based on the media when the reality when it's so far from the truth. But, you know, <laughs> I love that. You know, like Zach Wilson, he throws three interceptions in the fourth quarter. He's down, what What was he down, 30 to 10 when he threw him? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if he would have thrown him in the first quarter, I think it's a story. But in the fourth quarter, he's trying to make a play. I'm not apologizing for him, but to me, I don't think you can go A to B on that. I think it's just he's trying to make a play, got behind. You know, actually, he was trying to make a play. Some guys that worry about their quarterback rate and wouldn't even throw the ball. Mm. <laughs> you throwing a shot at the subtweet to somebody? <laughs> well, there's a few of them. I mean, I mean, I've been around some quarterbacks at the end of the half that didn't want to throw the ball down the field. Like, no, 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 no I don't want to do that. It's like those guys in the NBA that. games no. that when they let yeah, the, when they let the buzzer that. sound and then they put up the shot afterwards. <laughs> I don't want to do that jump ball. I don't want to do yeah. That's right. The buzzer after the shot, you know. So give you know. I just think sometimes there's such a disconnect, you know, between what really is the reality of the game and what really happened in the game and what caused the game. I mean, if you're the, let's just stay on that topic for a second. And I know we want to go to another game, but look, if you're the Jets and your defense is on the field for 42 minutes because you can't get off the field for on third down, that's really not on Zach Wilson. Like, like somebody should be talking about the Jets' defense letting them mm. down, not Zach Wilson's not very good. Because yeah. we know Zach Wilson, they're going to have to carry Zach Wilson. But when the defense can't stop a run game or a pass game, that's a problem. 
Yeah, it's a big problem. The Cowboys had 42 minutes in terms of time of possession. Uh, anytime you're giving up that many uh, snaps to the opposing offense, you're probably not going to win the game. As we saw yesterday, Cowboys going ahead and they cover the eight-point spread. They also go over the total 38 and have Dallas winning that game 30-10. to 10. But we'll get into all the games that we saw yesterday. Of course, we'll do it with the help of our guests that we have on the program. Coming up 30 minutes from now, our buddy Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. We'll talk to TG about the totals and the, the phenomenal that has been NFL totals week one it was 12 and four to the under week two so far it has been 12 and two to the over with two games pending later tonight we'll ask TG about that a little bit later on in the program then at 2 30 Eastern 11 30 Pacific time Mike Pritchard VEASAN NFL analyst former wide receiver played nearly a decade in the National Football League first round pick also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Maybe we'll squeeze in the Colorado question as well after their dramatic win Saturday night against Colorado State. But Michael, let's talk some NFL here. The Giants, boy, from an in-game betting standpoint, you could have made a lot of money here backing the New York Giants when they were down at their worst. They come from behind. Did you? Did you? I did, did not. You, uh, I, I stayed away from that game. I just, I, I was watching the Cowboys game and I was like, I don't have a good feel for this Giants-Cardinals game, but I think the Giants might win, but I don't want to go ahead and put my money on it. And uh, the Cardinals, they made it close for the people that are in Survivor, second most bet team was the New York Giants in that one. So it was a close call, but they win it at the buzzer there, 31-28. Yeah. I mean, look, did, did you get any sense that they weren't going to win that game? Yeah, not, not really. Especially when we I got mean, to in the second game. half. I, when it got 28-7, to you're thinking, okay, maybe. But then once they got on that roll and Daniel Jones got hot and Arizona looked exhausted, uh, I kind of felt like, okay, th- this is probably uh, – th- this won't uh, – this is not going to be good for the Cardinals. That was just my guess. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't good for the Cardinals. They go ahead and and they give up 17 points in the fourth quarter. We talk about this. It's a four-quarter game, and some of these teams that are bad, they're 50-minute kind of teams, and that's what we saw with the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. The Giants, they don't cover. The, the Cardinals did get the cover. They covered the five-point spread. Game flew over the total once again, like many did. Daniel Jones, who you brought up there, 26 of 37, 321, two touchdowns, one interception, but even the interception wasn't really his fault. It bounced off of Saquon Barkley's hands yeah, Saquon. and went the other way. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you know, that's the thing. You, you got to understand that, you know, uh, I, I hate that quarterbacks get blamed for sometimes the interceptions that are impossible to get to, right? Mm-hmm. That's not their fault, you know, and Saquon, one of the reasons, Saquon, you always worry about him in the passing game and why maybe he doesn't perhaps make his, you know, it's because he is limited at times in the passing game in terms of protection and catching. He made a good catch on the sideline later in the fourth quarter and he kind of made a guy miss, but you got to be better than that. You got to be able to handle that, and I think that was a, that's an issue. So, but look, it's a great win for the Giants. You didn't think it was going to be, but they did it, and uh, you got to give them credit, right? Yeah. Speaking of Saquon Barkley, from an injury standpoint, our buddy Jordan Schultz, NFL insider over at the Score, said that the Giants believe Saquon suffered a sprained ankle. The team feels Barkley avoided a major injury. X-rays negative. MRI will be today. So we'll have to keep that in mind. Short That's week for the G-men. They have to go to the Bay Area to face the, the 49ers where they well, are right now. And there's no practice, right? So yeah, today they're off. Lot. And tomorrow's a walkthrough. Wednesday's a walkthrough, and they fly up there on Wednesday night. They played. I'd, I'd be shocked if he could go. That would be a miracle if he could. And then he gets ten days to kind of rest it and go from there. Mm. Look, it's going to be. I know the Rams struggled. I mean, Stafford threw the ball fifty-five times against the 49ers last week, so they struggled to run the ball. Not that the Rams are very good up front, but you know, you're going to go in that game. You're going to have to throw it to beat the Niners, and maybe it's you know Barkley not playing gives them a chance to get ten days to get healthy. You know, that line open at nine and a half. Barkley news. 
you know, the way the Giants played against Arizona pushed that over 10. Yeah, also the way the Giants have played against the upper echelon of the NFL over the last couple of years. Maybe that's what we're looking at, a 10.5-point spread for Thursday night. How about the game in Cincinnati? This one was billed as not a must-win, but a gotta-have-it for the Bengals. You already went down 0-1, losing to the Cleveland Browns in a division game. You could not go down 0-2 with two division losses, but that's exactly what happened over there at Paycor Stadium. The Bengals lose to the Ravens 27-24. Lamar was terrific. Bengals, they were three-point favorites that closed. There were some three and a halfs earlier in the week. They failed to cover that one. Ravens as the underdog winning the game outright. Since he feels like they're in a world of hurt, especially with Burroughs calf becoming an issue once again. Well, it's Burroughs calf, right? I mean, that's a problem. But the other problem is, is they can't get the ball to chase. I mean, chase has got 10 catches for 70 yards. If you did, you know, you know, this is a problem. If you drafted him in, in, in your fantasy league, Mm -hmm. he's got no time. His longest pass play of the year is 13 yards. I think he's tremendous, but what happens is now is, you know, people understand they're in the spread all the time. They don't they don't do really much different. They're always in a one back set. The right tackle's a liability in Jonah Williams. That's a problem. And Burrow, to me yesterday, Femi, looked like he struggled to throw before he said he had a bad cap. I didn't think he had a lot of zip on the ball. He threw an out over to Chase that kind of hung in the air a little bit that wasn't typical of a Burrow throw. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is just they're playing bad. I, I I think this is kind of they're not. I don't want to say they're not in sync. They're not there yet. And I think people have studied what they do offensively and then defensively. You know they can't stop the run. They've struggled. They've given up five yards a carry. And yesterday I thought Lamar was the MVP form that he that he showed years ago. Then when he won the MVP, he was running the football effectively, calculating runs, not just taking off running. And then he was made some incredible throws in the middle of the field. And gave gave their passing game a huge lift. So, you know, look, we said this early since he was going to struggle early because they do, but also because they have a bunch of new players on defense, especially at the safety position. And, you know, they make the checks, they do the calls. And for the Ravens starting two offensive linemen, backup offensive linemen, that didn't go very well. And then yesterday, Nick Scott gets hurt. So now Jordan Battle's got to become a starter. And they're down a lot of players on that defense. And their defensive front couldn't control the game even against the backups. Yeah, it's a really problematic situation here for the Bengals. I was actually looking right now on the DraftKings app to see what the price would be, the make-miss of the playoffs for the Bengals. Because last year, they start the season 0-2. They end up going 13-3, and or I think it was 13-4, and one of the two. Or sorry, 12-4 and uh, last year was their record. And they go all the way to the AFC title game. So they've come up from this 0-2 deficit in the past. However, this feels like a little bit different of a scenario, especially with Burrow's calf being a factor. And actually, over at the DraftKings Sportsbook, Michael, uh, the Bengals, make miss playoff prices off the board so i think we're all all waiting to see what the prognosis is of joe burrow who said yesterday that he kind of aggravated the calf injury he was seen limping off of the field the line for their game upcoming next monday against the Bengals that's been hit from six and a half down to three and a half so there's a lot of uncertainty here with cincinnati's best player and right now like they feel like a team that's on the rope squarely especially with burrow's calf being an issue yeah and look and it goes beyond i mean burrow's calf Chase not being involved in the offense. It took Higgins, what, I think until the third quarter we had his first catch of the year, and I had a touchdown too. But I don't, I don't get a sense that they're as explosive. And people have a handle on this 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. It's all one back. You know, they really don't run the ball effectively. I mean, Mixon had like 15 carries, but still, 
you know, you get, you're playing a team with a weakened secondary and not a great pass rush. I mean, Clowney, they sign off the street. He had a sack yesterday off of Williams. I mean, this is a problem for Cincy. Now, you know, if Burrow doesn't play, it's going to become even more of a problem. They got to get this thing turned around quickly because they're down to love in the north. This, you know, in these tiebreakers, mm-hmm. it's a problem. What did you make of Cincinnati? Zero plays under center. All their offensive plays out of shotgun. Do you think that was just to help with the calf thing, or is that just what they are? No, I think it's been that way all the time. I think he's kind of like he's morphed into this. I'm sure the calf had something to do with it because he's got to go back and plant. Mm -hmm. But I I thought he couldn't plant and drive the football. That I noticed on that. I thought he could not plant and drive the football. Yeah, so the Bengals now 0-2, and who knows what happens next Monday night. We're still waiting to get word from Zach Taylor on Joe Burrow, who once again aggravated the calf injury that made him miss all of training camp earlier last month. So the Bengals, not a good spot, but they've been in this spot before, and they've come out of it. We'll see what happens this season. All right, we'll get to Sunday Night Football and the strange ending in Foxborough on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys here on an overreaction Monday in the NFL. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Put the VEASAN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets for the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code Lombardi to save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys here on a Monday. Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director at the Borgata, will be joining us in the next segment. But, Michael, to continue our recap on this Ravens-Bengals game, we have news as it pertains to a line movement for next Monday's Rams at Bengals on Monday Night Football. And I'm seeing right now in the market, this was 6.5 this morning. I know that because I bet plus 6.5. Now we're down to 1.5 as the consensus number with the Bengals a favorite against the Los Angeles Rams. This, I think, Where's that one and a half, Femi? Is it is it there at Circa or is it oh, where is it? Circa Circa is at um, two. One and a half seems to be the consensus number here, but Circa's sitting at two. DraftKings is at two. There's some other one and a halves in the market at other sports books as well, but uh, one and a half appears to be the consensus number with the total. The total hasn't moved much; it only ticked down a couple of points here. But the the line has definitely moved quite a bit from open yesterday afternoon to where we sit right now this morning. Yeah, I mean, DraftKings here in New Jersey is still at three and a half. So I think Vegas might have a tip on this one. So if you're looking, you know, this number is going to move. It's going to follow suit. I think that's where you can get ahead of the number like you did when you got the seven or six and a half, whatever you got this week or, you know, as we move. Because on my board, typically it has two TBD to be on the quarterback, which unless they really feel like the guy's not going to play, they put his name in there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, get ahead of it. And, and this is there's there hasn't been any news. I know our producer Elliot has been looking to see if there's any news on this. I haven't seen any news from anybody about this. This to me more so feels like a speculative move more so than anything, because like the limits are still pretty low early on in the week. And I mean, I bet it just off a of speculative news, just hearing Joe Burrow and the way he was talking yesterday and seeing him walk off the field yesterday that, hey, there could be a chance that maybe he doesn't play or if he does play, maybe he's at 60, 70 percent to where he's a little bit compromised. So I haven't seen any news that's ruling him out of this game. But the the way that the line has moved uh, would lead you to believe that there's a pretty solid chance or at least a 50-50 chance that we see someone other than Joe Burrow behind center for the Cincinnati Bengals. So kind of keep that in mind for those of you that are already looking ahead to the week three markets coming up here for this NFL season. Well, forget the injury report. What we saw with his eye, with our eyes, was he's not throwing the ball well. Yeah. And we we see it, uh, uh, let's be, put it in perspective, we see a Bengal offense that is struggling to move the football. You know, they lose that game yesterday, but that Charlie Jones got the punt return for the touchdown. I mean, they scored 17 points in that game. Burrow is throwing the ball under 60% completion. He's, I mean, you know, he's at 4.2 yards per attempt. I know he played one game in the rain, right? I understand that. But yesterday was not in the rain. He was struggling to get the ball down the field. They were struggling to make plays down the field. Once again, Chase is 10 catches for 70 yards. I mean, Higgins is only, I mean, Tyler Boyd's at eight for 62. I know, I know, I know one game was rain. However, that being said, it, it, it's, their offense is not, it doesn't feel explosive. And mm-hmm. that's something that you always worried about. And if you take Chase out now and they don't have – they don't go to any more formation. I think one of the best plays they had, they ch- they put Chase in the backfield, which, you know, kind of caught Baltimore by surprise. And they ran like a, a kind of a quasi-boot look. It, it kind of – you know, it kind of 
got Baltimore a little bit and was a good play for them. Like the, you do something all the time, like Cincinnati does with an off season to prepare. I think you got to change it up. Yeah. No, we'll definitely see if they can go ahead and change it up. But 0-2 right now, and it appears that there's a lot of uncertainty about their quarterback as it pertains to week number three. Let's talk about another offense that's had trouble making explosive plays, and that's last night's Sunday Night Football game, the New England Patriots mm. hosting the Miami Dolphins. Miami wins it 24-17. to They go ahead and cover as a short road favorite. The game goes over the total as well. And this is one where if you're a Patriots backer like I was last night, you're, you're sitting there just kind of throwing the remote <laughs> on the ground a little bit, being like man these plus field turnovers are just absolute killers and it kind of bit the Patriots once again uh, yesterday yeah. evening well you know don't play good in the red zone give up a touchdown in the red zone you know you have a chance to match it you can't uh, you know you, 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 you know you do exactly what you wanted to do you forced them to go away from Tyreek Hill five catches 40 yards you play good on third down the problem is you didn't get enough third downs I said this on Sunday you know for New England to win this game they needed 14 third downs you know they needed to have that they needed to be able to force that many third downs and when you don't do that and when you look at it and it's a tough way to go you know all of a sudden now you know they're in a rhythm they never really got in front of of Tua to really make him feel the pressure that he had to. Dolphins only had 10 third downs, and they were just 40%. They were 4 for 10. So, you know, in one hand, New, Eng- New England gave themselves a chance to win in spite of spotting the other team to a 17-3 <laughs> halftime lead. You know, I mean, I, I think to me, they, the, the Patriots cannot play from behind. They have to play from in front. The Patriots can't throw 40 passes. They have to have balance. They've got to run the football. They're too a little bit like Cincinnati. They're in one back shotgun all the time. There's no play action really in their game. And that's why they got 14 yards on the longest completion for Mac Jones. And then once again, Mac Jones throws a 50-50 ball down the field and it gets intercepted. Like it's okay to throw those up there. You're on the fringe of the red. I mean, these are all strange things that have happened up in New England since you know who left because he would not do that. He didn't, you know, he protected the football. But now the team turns the ball over. Douglas gets stripped. You knew he was going to get stripped from behind, didn't you, Femi? You could see it coming. (laughs) I could see it coming from my chair. Yeah. It's a, poor, the poor kid had no idea that Bradley Chubb was hunting him down and he was kind of loose with the football. Well, he, trying they to practice run it and, every day. I mean, yeah. they, you know, I know you feel sorry for him, but they practice it every day. I feel sorry for my bad. They practice it so every day. They, there's a drill every day for a guy coming from behind you there. They don't they don't <laughs> not go on the practice field without that drill. So yeah. it poor him. Not so poor. Well, him. Poor, poor me because I have less money in my pocket than I did. last Yeah, night. exactly. <laughs> they, were, they had some momentum going, but yeah, they, you know, this offensive line is not very good for for New England yesterday. Anderson played poorly at right tackle you know Trent Brown didn't play they can't get any continuity going with their offensive line they've got no power to really get Stevenson going the longest run play was by Mac Jones and still with all these problems with all these problems they're right there in the game against Philly to win it they're right there in the game against Miami to tie it and they can't make critical plays down the stretch yeah, the, the fourth down play, obviously, a lot of people were talking about that one after the game. Mike Gesicki getting held up there. Does the smart thing to, to lateral the football. And like, hey, like, I have no chance of making this first down. Let me see if one of my teammates does. Cole Strange comes up inches shy, at least according to the officials there, uh, after the review. Not on the field. The, the, not the officials on the field. Yeah, yeah. well, the officials on the field said it was a first down. Then they went ahead and reviewed it. Mm-hmm. And so they had definitive yeah. evidence, which I was still looking for. But I might just be salty as a Patriots uh, There's backer. some things I still look for there was a there was a hold 
in that game too that I was oh they called Cole Strange for a hold in the game I never saw it mm. I never you know like you watch these games and you just don't even like they called a a, a defensive pass interference on somebody yes I'm like where well, I didn't see that like but anyway th- yeah. th- that's not an excuse yeah you play poorly you turn the ball over twice you deserve to lose First 0-2 start for New England since 2001. Everybody remembers what happens that season, right? (laughs) But but, but you know who was playing quarterback then, so it might be a little bit different now. No, it was Bledsoe was still playing quarterback then. Well, but you know who took over. And they were still having – and they were having this similar trouble making throws down the field. I mean, you're not beating anybody when your longest pass plays 14 yards. One of the things you want to do for any good offense is start a drive with a chunk play. Mm-hmm. And you know, chunk plays 20, 20 yards or more. You don't have any chunk plays on your on your explosive playlist. I mean, it's hard. Definitely, and is, you're playing uh, a team that can make explosive plays, right? Even Tennessee yesterday, they had two plays, one seventy and one forty nine. And Tennessee might be the slowest offense in football. You're not asking DeAndre Hopkins to be part of your four by one hundred team. The, the no, relay of course not. Right. No. But he's a number one receiver. Don't you forget that, Femi. Hey, I got it written down here somewhere in my notes. Um, last thing on this game, though, and I want to ask you this. Are the Miami Dolphins the class of the AFC through two weeks? Uh, I think Buffalo was really good yesterday. Buffalo did something that we hadn't seen them do in a while. They ran an offense. And Josh Allen took profits. He didn't try to force it. They had really good balance in the game. And he wasn't trying to feed the ball to Diggs. He was trying to feed the win. You know, they had 35 rushing attempts for 183 yards. And Allen only had six incomplete passes in the game. Six incomplete passes. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, they're good. Now, Buffalo, I think Buffalo Buffalo plays nickel. They play nickel all the time. Could they match up to, to Miami? I don't know if they have enough pass for it. Miami's offensive line last night was the untold hero of that game. Mm-hmm. No pressure really on Tua in front of them. No pressure at all. Yeah, and to, to Tua's credit, after the game when they were interviewing him, he said, credit to my offensive linemen. Like they, they helped open things up in the run game. They helped me in the pass game and all that stuff. They were terrific without Teron Armstead once again, uh, who was out with his back and ankle injury, I believe it is. So uh, we see Miami go to Buffalo in a couple weeks. That'll be a fun game. Can't wait for that one. Coming up next, though, Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata, joins us here on the Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice. R-E-E-L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better, better. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out here on a Monday morning. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. And joining us now is our buddy, Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata TG. We'll get to tonight's games in just a bit here, but we got to ask you about next Monday night's game between the Rams and the Bengals. Right now, we're seeing on our boards, Cincinnati now down to a two-point favorite, total 43 and a half. A lot of uncertainty about Joe Burrow's status in that game. But what are you guys seeing over there at the Borgata? Is it kind of similar to what we've seen across the market? Yeah, so uh, this morning we were at three and a half, and it's now we're down to one and a half now here. So, um, obviously, the uncertainty there around Burrow, and not to mention the Rams as well. What they've looked like, I mean, we can get into the Sean McVay field goal there at the end (laughs) if you want from yesterday, but uh, just a quick note though. During the game, so Sunday during games, we take down the futures markets and then reprice them Sunday night and put them back up. For During the game, though, between the Niners and Rams, we had so many inquiries, people running up, wanting to bet the Rams to win the division. Wow. Uh, because, you know, th- this was a team that really did not, you know, and I'm one of them. I'm guilty as charged. I, I said to somebody in the media before the season started, they lose Stafford, you know, this team is probably going to be right there with Arizona for the worst in the league. Uh, But the way they looked in week one there, uh, and they obviously played the Niners tough uh, yesterday through the first half. So they've kind of been one of the biggest surprises for me through the first two weeks. Yeah. And and we said though, one thing, and I'm with you, I didn't think they would be very good, but the best they're going to be is in September. If they start getting guys nicked, I mean, mm-hmm. he threw it 55 times yesterday. So, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody was panicked about Cooper Cup not being, you know, being out there. But they've been able to throw the football effectively. It's just can he continue to throw at this pace? It's a long, long season. It'll be challenging, I think. But you're right. They are playing better. There's no question about that. But it, now let's go to Cincinnati. We all thought Cincinnati would turn it on this week. At least I did. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even – Forget Burrow and the calf. I thought during the game they didn't look sharp. No, they didn't. And and that was going back to Burrow real fast on the calf. I mean, I think for week one, it was. I thought it was pretty apparent that he was still not 100% and did not move like we've seen him in the past. I thought he moved a little bit better yesterday. But to your point, they are still not in sync on the offensive end whatsoever. And remember, one of those scores was a special team score for uh, for yes. the Bengals as well. So th- this is this team, uh, you know, offensively through the first two weeks has not looked uh, up to where we thought Cincinnati would be. And that's really at the top, one of the top teams in the AFC. Uh, they've looked nowhere close to that. And, and now, obviously, if Burrow has uh, re-aggravated that and uh, you're seeing this line drop for next Monday night. And we're speaking with Thomas Gable, race and sports director over at the Borgata. TG, the NFL totals have been interesting. I'm not a big totals better, but we saw in week one, the under go 12 and four. And so far in week two, the over is at 12 and two. Is this just a simple case of an over adjustment after a lot of unders cashed in the opening week? Or is there something else at play here? Well, I mean, when you look at the scores from yesterday, you have a number of games that were uh, played into the 50s uh, and even higher in some cases. Um, so, 
I don't know. It, you know, yesterday, listen, it wasn't a good totals day for the books, I'm sure. It wasn't here by any means. We lost on totals yesterday. Um, and typically that's the case when you have a bunch of overs come in. Uh, you know, the betting public likes to bet overs. Uh, so, uh, you know, week one, if you were an under better, you, you cash. But uh, yesterday, not so much. And, you know, we'll see. Again, it, it's it's all about data, getting the, getting the data and processing it and then, uh, adjusting your numbers and your totals. I mean, yesterday I thought it was just uh, a very good day for offenses across the league. Uh, there was a lot of points put up in a lot of games. And, you know, it tells you something. The Chiefs and Jaguars had the highest total going into yesterday of any game. 50 and a half was where that closed at. And they had the, they scored the least amount of points of anybody <laughs> on the board. So uh, a little odd there. But then, you know, yeah, you, you certainly weren't expecting, uh, you know, 68 points between the Seahawks and Lions. Maybe some people were, but uh, you would never uh, expect 68 in, in a game. And, uh, you know, 68 in the Broncos and Commanders as well. So it was just uh, it was one of those days. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, the, the the way the points were flying up there, and the one game I expected it, both quarterback. I didn't think Kansas City looked as explosive as they did. I mean, Kansas City's defense won that game. You know, they made enough plays mm-hmm. offensively, but Kansas City's defense won that game. What were you getting any action at all on the Giants at halftime to kind of come back in that game, or was that was the Borgata crowd kind of had fed up with it? No, no. You know, it, I think everybody was kind of in shock and disbelief at halftime of that game, where they had literally gone, uh, you know, uh, six quarters there without scoring a point to start the year, and uh, we had a lot of liability tied into the Giants' money line in that game, and. Uh, when they started their comeback, I, I could see I, I had a feeling they weren't going to cover the the four and a half, which is where that closed. But um, uh, we ended up losing on that game with the Giants' comeback, and um, you know that was one of the bigger losers for us uh, yesterday. Um, by far, the the biggest loser for us was Miami last night. Uh, a lot of Miami money line uh, money coming in late there after the, the four o'clock games wrapped up and people betting uh, the night game. Uh, so that was our biggest decision probably of the day and uh, certainly think our way. Um, the, uh, but I will say people continue to back the Jets here yesterday, uh, getting the nine and uh, <laughs> actually got nine and a half at one point, but uh, Femi's Cowboys uh, came through and covered that for us, so that that uh, was a decent result for us there. Yeah, well, only allowed ten points through two games. I think some people might say that's good. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> hanging out here with TG. We're hanging out, uh, TG. Before we get to the games coming up tonight here, I wanted to ask you about that McVay field goal at the end here. Did that swing anything big for you guys with the Rams kicking the field goal to only lose by seven there with three seconds to go? Yeah, well, we we closed that game seven and a half. So uh, it, it, it did swing quite a few things uh, and uh, for a lot of people here. And, you know, it, it went in our uh, favor, uh, thankfully. But, I mean, listen, I don't know if anybody has asked him yet as to his decision-making process. Uh, it's just rather interesting to me that you're going to kick a field goal at that point. Why not kick it earlier and give yourself time for an onside kick then after that it just the, the timing of it and the whole thing just really just is very bizarre to me well i think a lot of it is i'm hearing it was because of the the tiebreakers but i'm agreeing with you i mean like to me 
you know, give yourself at least a couple seconds. You know, once you kicked it, the game was over. I mean, I, I'm sure the special yeah. teams coach when when he yelled field goal block, they all looked like, "What are you crazy? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> like, why would we do this?" You know. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, it's one of those things that I think uh, everybody who bets and uh, certainly if you had any money on that game, it's it's just a head scratcher. All right, we got a minute left here, TG. What about tonight's games? We have the the Saints at the Panthers. They're three point favorites on the road, total thirty nine and a half, and then Pittsburgh, a two point home dog against the Browns, total thirty eight and a half. Yeah, so the totals in both these games have come down from the opener. Uh, Open Saints Panthers forty and a half. That's dropped a point. Brown Steelers open at forty two and a half. So that's down four points from the opener. Uh, Browns and Steelers pretty even betting here uh, on the sides. Uh, certainly more money there on the under for us. And in Saints and Panthers, uh, we're going to need the Saints here to cover this three tonight. Uh, we are taking some Panthers money here, getting the the three. So um, we'll probably be needing the Saints. All right. Needing the New Orleans Saints. Again, I have a play in that game. We'll reveal that a little bit later on in hour number two. But he is Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director thanks, over at the Borgata TG. Thanks as always, and good luck tonight. All right. Thanks, Femi. And don't give up hope yet on Justin Fields. There's always <laughs> yes. three three. No, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's it's, there. It's, he it's defended tough. him today. It's, it's tough, TG. It's tough, man. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, how could you not after these two weeks? He is Thomas Gable, racist sportsbook director over at the Borgata. Speaking of Justin Fields, by the way, our podcast, the GM Shuffle yeah. Podcast, just dropped. Just it's up. out on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Get that fresh Monday episode in your podcast feed. Uh, it was once again another electric podcast. We can talk. Brent, are we going to talk Brendan Staley's game management at the end of the game? Can we please talk that for all the analytical people here, please? That's what we call a tease because we're going to talk about it next here on the Lombardi Live. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? Well, it's the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code VEGAS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out here on a Monday after a Sunday slate in week number two. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Thank you to Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata for joining us in the last segment. TG saying that they, uh, they've seen a lot of Panther money, so they'll be needing New Orleans <laughs> coming up funny. a little later on. Yeah. Panthers are the popular pick on, on the board that I look at. Uh, it seems like it's the contrarian play. Uh, for mm-hmm. some reason, I think because they're playing home, and you know they beat them, they beat them twice last year. You know, in the final game of the year, and then they also beat them convincingly in Carolina. So, it, you know, look, Carolina's missing two of their starting guards, and this we know this line wasn't playing well to begin with. So, against the New Orleans defense, that's pretty good. Held, you know, Tennessee couldn't, you know, had the ball in the red zone the whole damn time, couldn't get yeah. it in the end zone. So. You know, but the pressure's got to come. They got to protect Carr, and, and if they can, J.C. Horn not being in the game, J.C. Horn gets hurt yeah. way too much for me. I mean, like he missed yeah. games last year. He's really a good player. Now he's really a good player, but durability is ability, right? And mm-hmm. if you're not on the field all the time, it's hard. Yeah, you just hope that injuries aren't going to short circuit a promising career because he, when he's on the field, he's awesome. But he just can't stay he's on the great, field. Great, but can't stay on the field. He, but you got to be on the field to be great. You know, mm-hmm. you just potential when you're not on the field, and it really hurts them. It really affects them because you know it takes away some of the things they want to do. So, you know, th- this will be a fun game to watch tonight. So you get you know, let's just put things in perspective. Typically. Femi watches four games at one time. We'll get Twitter Femi out tonight really hard. I can't wait for that. And then, but tonight you only have to watch two, so it's fairly easy for you, huh? And they're kind of staggered. How are you going to work it? You're going to have the ESPN on one and the ABC on the other? What are you going to do? Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll have it on. And then you know what you do? You you set up your your TV store that you put the volume up on both of them, and then you mute one of them. So then when you just hit the mute button and you kind of aim it in between the TVs, it puts the volume on one of them, then mutes the other one. So you can kind of bounce and ping back and forth on the commercials, and you never have to listen to a commercial. I got it. So let me ask you this. If you had to choose, well, we know from 7 to 8.20, you're going to listen to the volume on one of them. Yeah. I think you got your boy tonight, too. I think you got Danny O tonight, too. Is he tonight? Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure him and Lewis Riddick, I think they're going to be on it for you. You know, the man that pronounced Trey Lance, generational talent, but we won't go there. You got, you got him, and then you got uh, you got your boy Danny O. They'll, maybe they'll break down some Justin Fields for us tonight oh, on TV God. off camera. I be hope wonderful. not. 
and then uh, then you got then you got Buck and you got Aikman uh, yeah. on the other one. Yeah. Here's what will happen in my house since I am alone. <laughs> since there's nobody there but Bella and I, I, uh-huh. I will have Bella snoring from <laughs> okay. about seven thirty till whenever. I tell her it's time we go downstairs, or she tells me she wants to go to bed. One of those two things will happen. <laughs> there so, will be no sound on. Last no night, audio. there was no sound on. I got a text from somebody saying that they were complaining about the announcers, and I'm like, I have no idea. I have no sound on. I don't I have no idea. So do you Could care less? Do you listen to music while you watch the games, or you just, just it's just no no sound whatsoever? No, but like like you know the Patriot games, I'm going to watch. I, I make notes. I write myself notes so I can mm-hmm. see it, so I could come in here. You know, when I watch it, when when Sundays, you know, I'm watching like my son's games. I want to make notes. I want to have a conversation with him after the game. And then the Patriot games, I, I always make notes on that. So, yeah, I'm usually just writing something down or if I'm just watching. But if I'm watching recreationally, I'm I'm usually I see something that I want to write about or talk about, mm-hmm. you know, that you see in the game that they certainly don't bring out to you or at least, you know, like, you know, I, I, you know, it's like, what do you, how you play them, how teams play each other, what they do, all those things. I prefer no sound. Yeah, yeah to each their own. Yeah, it'll be I, great I, tonight. It'll be awesome. I'm sure. No, I just have Bella snoring. Bella snoring in the background. That's about all we got. All right. Because well, I picture you like with some Springsteen going on in the background while you're watching the games and no, stuff like that. But I guess I don't, it's I'm too distracting. Mu- I can't listen to music. Like, I never write to music. Hmm. Like, if I'm doing research, like going through the game books, I'll have something on. Usually, I'll have a, a podcast or a book on. But if I'm not not music, usually music is is uh, you know I just kind of wait. Yeah. That's usually if I'm in the shower. All right. Well, okay. Well, I'm sure when you watched uh, this game yesterday afternoon, you had a lot uh, to, to write about. This is the, this is Chargers and Titans. <laughs> I'm sure you had a lot. Oh, to- I watched this one intently. I and with no sound on, by the way. I don't even know who did the game, but yeah, I watched this one intently. I enjoyed this one tremendously because I gave out Tennessee mm-hmm. on our show. I gave it out on McAfee, and when I was on him on Thursday, I gave it as one of my picks. And yeah, man. I gave it to Bill Ad. Yeah, I, I like this matchup a lot. I, I liked I like Brendan Staley versus Mike Vrabel a lot, even though there's a talent discrepancy. Let me ask you this question, Mister Femi. Mm-hmm. Just hypothetically, say Staley and Vrabel switch sides <laughs> at halftime. What would you have bet? Uh, I would have bet the Chargers for, for, for a lot I of money. I would have bet the Chargers too, for, yeah. For a lot of money. I'd have bet the Los Angeles yeah, Chargers. I bet the Chargers. In fact, if, if See, that's if, the question you always ask yourself. When I was a kid, we used to play Stratomatic Baseball. Uh-huh. And I had Michael Sonino and Danny Reynolds. And and Sonino was arrogant and cocky. And so when he would get on a roll, he would start saying, and I say I was losing, right? Mm-hmm. He would always come up with this, well, let me, let me manage your team and uh, see what I do. <laughs> See, like, like he wanted to put himself as the star of the game, right? Even though it's a dice roll, that, then that just has always made me think, okay, like, what would happen if they switch sides? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that would be Chargers all day. And in fact, if Vrabel was coaching the Chargers, then they would be right up there, neck and neck with the Kansas City Chiefs, trying to compete for that AFC West title. Like, like that's that's okay. that's where they would be. Uh, and unfortunately for the Chargers fans, that's not the case. They have Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. who after yesterday's loss, twenty-seven twenty-four in overtime to the Tennessee Titans, had this to say when he was asked whether the loss in the playoffs to Jacksonville has carried on over into twenty twenty-three. 
I'm not, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to this season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we've played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our team is connected. Our team has played its heart out in two games, and we've lost two tough games. But there's, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And if you ask anyone in our locker room, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And that's just the truth. It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else, but it's not the truth. We've lost two tough games, but the guys in that locker room, the men in that locker room, they are finishers and they have what it takes, and we're excited to prove ourselves. Well, Saley feeling the heat for the first time as, uh, as Chargers head coach. I'm not sure if anybody's doubting the men in the locker room. I think they might be doubting the guy at the podium. <laughs> so let's talk about this game, Femi. Let's talk about it. Let, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about why coaches make a lot of money. And so the Chargers get the ball. They're down they're down 24 to 21. Another game that they need a field goal to well last week they needed a field goal to win. This week they need a field goal to tie. They get the ball at their own 25. Ball goes through the end zone. 222 to go in the game and they have all three other timeouts. Perfect. You could not ask for better conditions, right? Okay, they start the game out. They throw a short pass for 15 yards, throw a slant. They get the ball all the way up to the the Charger 40-yard line. Then they throw another pass for nine yards. Boom, boom. Now we got 24 yards in two plays. Two-minute warning. We've got second and one. No need to worry about the first down. See, worrying about first downs in a two-minute drill is the most ridiculous thing of all. Because if you try to get a first down, all you do is help the opponent because the clock keeps running. You throw a short pass, which you do not want to do. But now we have the ball at the Charger 49. We're at midfield. We've got three first, we have three timeouts left, and all we need is a field goal, but we really want to score a touchdown. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we go ahead and we throw the ball. We get seven more yards. The clock continues to run. 156. We snap it. The next time we snap it, it's 136. We lose 20 seconds. Okay? Then there's a penalty on Tennessee. It stops the clock. So we got first and five. We got first and five with a minute 34 to go in the game. We still have three timeouts. Okay? So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, boy, they got way too many plays. They got way too many plays. You got 134 to go. You got a lot of plays. So he mm-hmm. throws the ball, gets another 14 yards. Okay, now we got the ball at the Tennessee 25. Let's the clock keep running. Keep running. Okay. Now they snap it with 115. So now we lost another 19 seconds. And then he throws it. It incomplete stops the clock. So second and 10. We throw another pass for 14 yards. We let the clock keep running. We lose another 20 seconds. So every time we complete the ball in bounds, we're losing 20 seconds. So now we get the ball at the Tennessee 14-yard line, first and 10, 51 seconds to go, and we throw it for four yards. And guess what he mm. does? Mm. What does he do? He lets the clock keep running. Mm. He lets the clock keep running. He's got the ball first and 10 at the 14, 51 seconds. If we, if we call timeout right there, we're going to have at least seven more plays. At least. And he this, ends up with three. And, and like you mentioned, he had three timeouts this entire time. He took one with him to he took one with him to the to the overtime. Uh, well, Nobody wrote that though. Nobody met, and this this probably wasn't discussed. Well, we'll discuss Monday Night Football when we come back to start hour number two. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.